revolution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body out line and chalk. I left the institution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body out line and chalk. Welcome, welcome back, everybody. This is Amadi and Ragu. This is a house to house podcast. Yeah, back at it one more time. Episode Quattro, episode four. Um, thank you guys for listening. We uh, appreciate all the feedback and all the emails and comments in the Facebook group. Keep them coming. Anyone who you know has some questions you might not want to share publicly, hey, feel free to shoot us an email. Um, or if you know us personally, you can call us because that that has happened too. Make it easy for you. But we do want to start off today's episode with our big reveal, our big surprise. So. Um, if you are listening to this right now, we did want to let you know that this podcast is now on iTunes and Google Play. So if you have an iPhone, you have iOS, go to um, Apple Podcasts and you can search house to house. That's the word house, the number two and the word house. Um, if you have an Android phone, you can go to Google Play Music. Same thing. Search in the podcast. Um, search house to house. And the podcast is available there. So there's the big surprise. So please support us. Um, please continue to sub- subscribe. If you're on Android, subscribe. Um, if you are on iTunes, subscribe. And go ahead and give us five stars. We would lovely appreciate that. Yep. And get the newest episodes as they roll right out. That's right. Yeah. Because you'll be alerted as the newest episodes are posted. So every time a new episode is posted, you want to go and search on social media or whatever, you will be notified immediately. And but if you if that is, you know, if that's your preference, um, they will still be on SoundCloud. Um, so please go on SoundCloud as well and support us. You can listen to them on SoundCloud and subscribe to the uh, page on SoundCloud, um, the House to House podcast. So that's the uh, big surprise. So yay, yay, yay! I'll maybe put some sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the big stage now. Right. Right. So. Um, with with that, um, we did want to continue our discussion. So it's been a very fruitful discussion, I think, and uh, you know, a lot of lot of has come out of it, and I think we're going to get a lot more out of it. Um, so we did introduce uh, a, a new concept um, last time, and it was the concept of a son of God, lowercase s, mm-hmm. right? Because we know we're all in the capital S son, but we are all sons of God. We're all children of God. The Bible says that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Yeah. So all those, all of us that have been brought into salvation, and that's really coming to the knowledge of the Lord, and no longer living under the, the, uh, you know, just living unto ourselves, if you will, we are now, you know, we are adopted into the culture of the kingdom. So, so now there's there's the the. I don't know, $10 million question. Although when people say that, it's never really, it's not, never really $10 no. million. Dollars. Uh-uh. I wish somebody would give me $10 million for a question. Um, it's more like a dollar or two. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, is it, why does it feel like it fits? Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's like, all right, body ragu, okay, this sonship thing. All right, I get it. I get it. Right? I'm a son of God. I'm a child of the most high. But there's something about it that doesn't feel like it fits, right? It doesn't feel like it jives with what I do. Um, is it something wrong with that concept? 
or is it something wrong with what I do? Mm-hmm. Right? Something. Uh, am, am I putting a uh, what was this? A, a square peg into a round hole? And it, it almost feels like in, in Matthew nine, Jesus says, you know, that if you pour new wine into old wine skin, um, you destroy the bag. You destroy the skin and you lose the wine. You lose right? everything. You lose everything. So it's it's very important to to pour new wine into new wine skin. Can you imagine drinking wine out of a skin, by the way? Mm, wow. That's probably what they did when they first yeah. uh, rolled it <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, just roll out in the skin. Thank God for glass makers. Wow. I like I like my wine in bottles. But there, you know, it's it's important that we understand. So these new concepts, right? When 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 new light is revealed, when new revelation is revealed, one of our tendencies, and it's it's human nature, is to want to try to force it into our current context or our, our, the, the way we currently understand things. And many many times, God will not just give us new light and new revelation; He'll also require like an upgrade in the way we perceive things and upgrade in in our paradigm. And I think that this is one of those things. Yeah. Like in the same way that, you know, we logically want to understand the Lord, we want to, well, I should say the logic, the way we logically do things in life, for example, you know, I do IT work. So if I see certain symptoms of a computer, I can see or pin it down to certain problems that are existing. But, you know, you know, when the Lord reveals or illuminates something that isn't necessarily uh, correct or appropriately seen, he wants us to change. No, that's, that's a really good example. IT is a really good example because that's like trying to put, let's say I, I wanted to put the the latest operating system on like a super old computer. I would lose the OS and the computer, right? I'd ruin the computer, right? And so that's, you know, many times, you know, we not only have to, you know, embrace new light and new revelation, new understanding. But, you know, there are many times where God will require our paradigm to change. And so I think this is one of those things um, because what what you'll come across is the the understanding and the fact that sonship, right, familyhood or whatever you want to call it, was actually God's original intent. You know, what mm. what we do now it's merely like putting band-aids on it. You know, it's a substitution. It, it, it's it not the perfect, yeah. You're right. It's it's definitely a substitute because it doesn't pattern itself. It's not the perfect intent in which the Lord has laid out for us. When we, we referenced this before, right, in, in Luke 3, right, we referenced the fact that if you look at the lineage of Christ, right, not only was, you know, and God does that specifically. You know, he does that specifically because spiritually we understand he's the only begotten. But if, you know, you want to find people who want to get into semantics, which people do when they're challenged, you can trace them naturally through lineage, mother and father, because the Bible actually goes through both. But the the one we specifically referenced was um, Luke 3, where, you know, you can trace the lineage of Christ all the way, all the way back to Adam. But it says that, you know, Christ Jesus was the son of blank, 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 which gives back to Adam, who was the son of God. So it it is a reminder, right? It, it's almost like a, a call back to ancient things to say, mm-hmm. hey, this was actually my original intent. So think think about that. So even all the stuff they did in the Old Testament, killing sheep and goats and slaughtering things and all the sacrifices, all that stuff was a substitute. That's just the shadow. It was just a type in a shadow. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, hundreds of years of history of just substitution. 
because we decided to shift off of what the Lord's original intent was in the garden, which is amazing. And you see these different examples, even in the Old Testament, where God tries to call Israel back to the original intent. That's good, Amadi. I like the, the segue into into that. And there is a explicit scripture in Exodus. So Exodus 19, the entire chapter, I would recommend to read it. Um, but I'm going to pull out a few pieces of scripture from that that chapter. So I'm going to read it out for you. So Exodus 19, 5 and 6. Now, this is uh, the Lord talking to Moses and they're they're conversing. So now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, covenant, then out of all the nations, you will be my treasured, treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are your words you were to speak to the Israelites. So this is God speaking to Moses and giving him clear instructions. And the Lord wants the Israelites to come up, to be in his presence, and to be transformed, and to be called a, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. And you'll see that in, uh, I think it's First Peter. Yep, First um, Peter 2. Yep. And... And so his desire is to dwell within us and to be able to converse with him, with us as he did back in Genesis and when it was just Adam or Adam and Eve. That is that is amazing. So because that that, you know, instance that you just mentioned in Exodus, it mirrors first Peter two almost exactly because mm-hmm. in first Peter two, he says, you're not a people, but now you're my people. You know, you are a nation of priests. Like so, all like it's almost like the things he's bringing back in the New Testament. Hint, hint, right? Wink, wink. These were things that he actually wanted from the beginning. So he told Israel, "I want you to be my people. I'll come on up." Nah, we're good, God. We're we're cool. You well, just talk to Moses, right? Yeah. So uh, later on in nineteen in chapter nineteen verse sixteen, uh, the people respond. So it's on the morning of the third day, and there was lightning and or thunder and lightning a thick cloud was over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast everyone in the camp from trembled so at that point they the israelites backed out of their deal <laughs> they're like <laughs> you no. got a refund here god yeah yeah so they were so frightened to the point of the nap the things that they were seeing naturally the the thunder the lightning and the cloud to the point where they just they they wanted no part of it. So they backed out and Moses went in on their behalf. And so that fear, it, it set off a lot of other things in the same manner in which, you know, the sin that happened in the garden matriculated a lot of things. This, this was a launching point for the 10 commandments. So after this, this, uh, piece of scripture, if you go on to verse 20 or excuse me, chapter 20, you'll see that the Ten Commandments listed out and it being taken down on tablets of stone. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it, it's almost like a holy concession of the Lord to realize mm-hmm. that Israel is backing out of the deal, right? They're yeah. backing out of their side of the bargain, so to speak. They're, you know, you know, they're, they're thought to no longer desire that level of intimacy with the Lord. Okay, he has to shift, you know, and change his plan. But you see his original intent there, 
you know, like like we see in, in the New Testament, bringing it right back to his desire when he created Adam and Eve in, in the garden, it was to have a family. And so, you know, we, we had referenced this um, last week or two weeks ago that one of the reasons why, you know, not the only, but one of the reasons why a lot of people will stick with the servant piece, because we can keep God at that arm's length. Right. Similar to Israel. Right. We can keep him at that distance. Just go get the instructions, Moses, and we'll just follow the instructions. How? Like a good servant. Mm-hmm. You know, like a good servant, I'll just follow my instructions, but not necessarily jiving with that intimacy piece because I'm scared. It's funny. I was just talking with my children about this this morning, um, about one of the first things that Adam and Eve did when they felt God's presence was they ran and hide or they ran and hid. They went and hid, not hide. Sorry, when they did something wrong, right. they couldn't be brought into account. Yeah. So they, they went and hid themselves, right? That's one of the responses of one who lacks the desire to want to be intimate. Now, we understand they had some things that they did, but even correction requires a certain level of intimacy. And maturity. Yeah. yeah. And so they, they didn't want to have any parts of that. So they went and hid themselves. And so it's just a similar you know situation you see at Mount Sinai with Israel. God had just done all those great things for them bringing them out of Egypt, across the Red Sea, slaying Pharaoh's army. And here we are, God says, I want to be intimate with you. And they still say, you know, keep us at arm's length. We'll, we'll be fine with that. And that, you know, that is what fits within the current model, right, of the way we do, quote unquote, church. That's what fits within the current structure is keeping God at arm's length. I remember listening to... Uh, Man preached a sermon one time. I don't want to name any names. It was a it was a good, good sermon. But he was just talking about um, the the lack of depth of men. He was talking about men specifically, and he said, "In in what industry would this amateur perspective be accepted? Except in Christianity, right? Where you ask men to answer. I mean, like Christian men, by you know, Bible toters, you know." supposedly godly men to ask them about things in scripture and have that some depth about the Lord. You know, what is God speaking to them? And for to have such an amateur approach, oh, I ain't no preacher. I don't know. I don't know. He's like, what other, what other place in life would this be acceptable? Right. Imagine you're looking for a plumber or somebody to do some work. I don't know nothing and, about yeah, that. In any other profession, it yeah. is completely inadequate and unacceptable for you to want a depth in some, whatever skill set it is. And you have, nothing to actually offer or and you're okay you're, with that right and your your <laughs> or your depth is just very shallow at least you have something but you know if you want something more advanced or more skilled then you need to you know advance your skills and you know it requires work and effort and so i think what you're just desc- excuse me what you're describing amadi is just the unfortunate nature of you know what has become acceptable as a believer mm-hmm. and you can quote unquote get away with being a cultural or just a Christian with no, no depth. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I would call that a cultural Christian. You can can call it that. I mean, because it's, it's, you know, it just kind of goes with everything that, you Mm -hmm. know, that, that you're used to, but it requires you to go, no, you know, no, no depth. And so God is calling us back to it, you know, to something deeper. He's calling us back to that. And, that requires a certain level of intimacy. And, you know, so the, the current model, the, the current structure by which we do things, servanthood is acceptable. 
because servanthood keeps us at an arm's length. It keeps us a certain distance from God. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? But there's there, there's a more excellent way, right? If when I just come into things, right, that we're we're not that oblivious. When we first come into things, there's a certain time where we have to become familiar. So this is what we talked about with our culture, you know, on, on the first couple episodes. We understand that when you're introduced to new things, there's a time when you have to learn and, and understand that things are changing. There's some transition that goes on. But what we're talking about is this continue on, you know, continue on in the old things. You know, the Bible says that old things have to pass away. The only way that new things can come is if old things pass away. If I persist in the old, the the new cannot come. And so this new light, new revelation, new understanding comes. I cannot persist in the old. I have to say, wow. There's something new. There is something new that God desires for me to understand and learn. I have to allow the old things to pass away. And so one of the things for many, many of us, not everybody, but for many of us, this idea that I am only a servant must be done away with. I have to understand that, yes, I serve God, but I am not just a servant. All right. And we're well, let's first talk about, you know, who we actually are. Then we are. We are a friend of God, you know. We are a co-laborer of Christ. So we understand the plan. We are able to hear and understand the plans that the Lord wants to execute. And I think, Amadi, what you are really illustrating is just the lack of responsibility that word uh, servant actually comes with. Mm. So it's it's an inferior uh, title to give somebody to make them feel like they're always reliant upon somebody else to help them. And not to say that help is uh, a bad thing, but to continue to stagnate or stay at that stage, it's not an okay thing. Yeah, even Jesus says this to the disciples. He says, I no longer call you servant, right? Because the servant no, does not know what mm-hmm. goes on in the master's house. You know, but we we are called to be knowledgeable of the house of God, to be knowledgeable of the culture of the house. Absolutely. That's exactly what he's speaking to. Like as as his children, he is he is saying, I expect you to become knowledgeable of the culture of my house. You know, we like we talked about, you know, one of the things I get on my kids about this is a prime example. When they have company, when they have their friends over, what do I tell them? I say, hey, listen, you need to let your friends know how to behave when they're in your home. It's your I'm I'm, I'm asking you to share with your friends the culture of this house right so when they come into our home this is what we do in our home right we don't do this we do that and so on and so forth this is what jesus is telling his disciples i'm not going to let you settle at just being a servant i'm not going to let you settle there because a servant is not well versed in the culture of the house of the master but you i'm calling you to have have a full understanding of the house of the master. So that that beckons beckons look at me with these big words, right? <laughs> but that that sort of takes us to an an even greater question, right? What is the master's house? Because we think the master's house is a place, is a building, yeah. right? And many of us listening probably believe that. We probably believe that the the quote unquote master's house is a place, is a building. And there are many, you know, good gospel songs and things that angels say, Oh, the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said to me, David says this. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. And we talked about this in, in the first couple episodes that yes, we are the house of the Lord. We understand that, right? 
that in first Corinthians three, we are the temple of God. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also read that we, we are being built up like living stones in first Peter, first, mm-hmm. that we're being built up into a much greater temple. So I think that to better understand that, you know, is one of these things where I, I like to say that we Christians say things they don't really believe. And, you know, for believers who would say this particular statement, oh, we're the called out. We're the called out of God. Right. That's what God's called us. We're called out. Called out to where? <laughs> From what? <laughs> From what to what? But, you know, the the more that I've sort of walked this thing out with God, it's like, man, Lord, you know what? This is one of those things that believers say they don't really believe. Because do you really believe that you're called out? Because when you look at the two words, you know, things take on the meaning of what they are. They sort of take on the characteristics of their meaning. Um, and the word, like, in our minds, we think the word church and the word ecclesia, excuse me. Are synonymous. Are synonymous, right? Or ecclesia. Ecclesia? Ecclesia? Okay. Ecclesia. I don't know. I'm not a, not a language artist major. Right. The, the Greek word. You'll just look it up. It's E-C-C-L-E-S-I-A. All right. We think they're synonymous. And so I, I had to look this up because I, I'd heard it before. And it's kind of one of those things you kind of know, but you're like, eh, oh, well, you just kind of go with mm-hmm. the, the normal thing. And so Ecclesia, right, is a called out civil body or council. That's what, that's what we are as the body of Christ. We are a body of people called out to be civil, first of all, right, <laughs> in, in a particular area, right? So as an example, when we, when we read the epistles and Paul would say to the church at Ephesus or to the church at Corinth, we think he was writing to the First Baptist of Corinth, or for, <laughs> you know, First Methodist Church of Ephesus. He was writing to the called out council of believers who happened to live in the city of Ephesus. Yeah, right? all the all the letters are are explicit to the cities in exactly. which in which they were uh, residing. But the word church, it's actually a Proto Germanic word that um, the its root is kerk or kersh, depending on how you pronounce it, k i r k or k i r c h e. You see the one of those. Um, it's a Proto-Germanic word that actually means something pertaining to the Lord. That could be a building. That could be a bridge. That could be a piece of clothing. It could be anything. Could be anything. It could yeah. be literally anything, but not people. It's not. It's not who the Lord Jesus Christ died for. It's not what Yeshua hung right. for. He didn't hang for well, something no, pertaining he, to the Lord. Yeah, he he hung on the cross for us. You know, he's he's not the dwelling place of clothes or these inanimate objects, he is the dwelling place for us human beings, you know, who are sons of God, you know, who are called out and, and are saved to be representations of the Lord. So another one of these things that we say that, you know, I'm not sure if we believe 100% is when believers say, I am the church. And we say it all the time. You hear, you go to any Christian, we, we are the church. Really? Ask them where they go on Sunday mornings. And we're not here to bash any particular church. We're, try- we're trying to help you upgrade your paradigm. All right, let's challenge some of the things that we see and are very evident that they just it just doesn't fit. The, the two things don't fit. The ecclesia and the building church, you know, these things are not meshing. They don't work together hand in hand. 
Now, you know, you may have a, a meeting and it has a lot of people and you may need a building to have and to host and do things. But that's not what we're talking about here. Definitely. And, you know, because what, what we're challenging is not the people who love God, who get together in a particular place to worship him. We are not challenging you. What we're saying is we're asking you, why is it you believe the things in which you believe and why you do not believe these other things? Why is it so hard to embrace this call to be son? You know, it's a call to intimacy. It's a call to maturity. Right. And it's a call away from servanthood. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a call away from these things. Um, so one of the things that we you know, definitely cannot do is we cannot think that the kingdom of God is the church. So we are the ecclesia of God, right? Called out a called out civil body, a called out council of believers mm-hmm. in a particular area. The, the called out sons of God, if you will, right? Who in a particular place are sojourners in that place because our true citizenship is the kingdom of God. That's a really big concept. That's a, that's a whole lot. Shoot, that's a that's a long bomb, Amadi. Yeah. You just threw that one real deep. Just threw the long bomb right there, right? Go go deep. Because even the kingdom, right? We and these are things that we do in our mind subconsciously sometimes without even really realizing it. I don't think anyone sets out to say, you know what, the church is the ecclesia, the church is the kingdom. But I think just by the way in which we go about things, which way the way we naturally treat things, we we elude to these conclusions uh, subconsciously, and we just continue to live and live, and we'll keep doing it until the Lord intervenes, or you know, the Lord via someone else intervenes, as far as giving us some insight and understanding on something different that may actually be the correct way of uh, seeing things. And so we just want to challenge some of those thoughts because, you know, sometimes you just end up doing a thing and then somebody will ask you, why do you do that? You know, like for for many of us who are married, that happens your first year of marriage. You just are doing a thing and your spouse says, hey, why the, why do you do whatever it is you're doing like that? You're like, I don't know. Just how we did it growing up. Right. So your spouse comes in and you're you're being challenged on something that you don't even realize you do subconsciously. So for many of us, we do these things subconsciously. So we think that the kingdom is the church, just like we think the Ecclesia is the church. But think about it. The the church, quote unquote church, just occupied one segment of my life. It was just a certain component, right? I have my church clothes, my church friends, my church language. You know, if you had a position at the church, you had my church work, the things I had to do. And I had those things. I used to teach Sunday school. And I, I, I did all that stuff. But the kingdom, if I'm a citizen of God's kingdom, that touches everything. That overarches everything. So when I'm at school, I'm still a citizen of God's kingdom. When I'm at work, right, and we are going to work and we th- we don't think nobody's looking, I'm still in this kingdom. When I'm at home, when I'm in my neighborhood, when I'm around my family, I am still one who inhabits the kingdom of God. And so the the two, again, we cannot make the mistake of making those two things synonymous in our heart and in our minds. Yeah, I'll even dare to say that, you know, wherever you speak or excuse me, wherever you tread foot or wherever you go, the kingdom is with you. The kingdom is is in the earth and, you know, it's in your heart. It is in it is embodied in you. 
And, you know, one of the other things I definitely wanted to mention is the fact that, you know, we don't live compartmentalized lives in respect to the, what you were describing, Amadi, like a, a, a culture of the church separated from the rest of my life, which is work or my family time and those things, but rather that it is, like you described, as overarching or it is integrated into every component of our life. And there is nothing that is going to be apart from what the Lord has access to. And so this is why the the concept of sun, you know, you if you feel like there's some friction there, it's because the the this new light, this new understanding of revelation does not fit within the current model or the current structure. It just doesn't fit. It's new wine into old wineskin. And so for many of us, um, a couple things are going to have to happen. We're going to either have to reject this and say, whatever, I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing, or we're going to have to allow God to upgrade our paradigm as well, that we can't just see this light, this understanding and remain status quo. We're going to have to allow the father, our, you know, our heavenly father, capital F father to upgrade our paradigm and say, okay, I understand that I'm not just a servant, though I serve God. He's called me to be his own, right? He's called me to be his child into this intimate, you know, this intimacy with him. Um, but how do I apply that, right? How How is that applicable to where I am today? And so the next step would be, okay, God, help me by upgrading my paradigm, right? Because this is, it. it's a very deep thing, but it's very simple because we have to just begin to strip away some of the things that we've been doing subconsciously um, without any source, without any reason. We're just doing it for the sake of doing it. You know, I, I love to ask people um, this particular question, you know, because it's it's it's, you know, one of the big things that we say in Christianity. Right. We'll, we'll say, oh, um, it's not it's not religion. It's relationship. Right. Jesus wants a relationship with you. And one of the things I've come to realize is, hey, wait a minute. I have a relationship with my barber. I have a relationship with my coworkers. I have a relationship with my neighbors. And I have a relationship with my wife. Those are four different types of relationships. What type of relationship are you talking about? Because if I just say relationship, I can still remain ambiguous. And that's, again, similar to just keeping God at arm's length. Ambiguity will also do that. Yeah. I don't I, I don't have to put any, you know, sort of descriptors on that relationship. Yeah, that is a that's a good way to lead people into confusion. And I think uh, the, the key thing is it is relationship and it is allowing the Lord to get into all the parts of that make us up. So, you know, the the realm of doing computer work, the Lord is for me, he's all in that, you know, the Lord, of course, without any barrier will be uh, the cornerstone in our mar- in my marriage or the Lord in all my relationships that I have with people. He, he in turn is the most pivotal part apart from building with and having the Lord uh, assist and guide and lead in these, these other parts of, of life. It is impossible. I don't, it's, it's crazy to try to even understand and do things apart from the Lord. It would be folly to think that it's possible. Yeah. So we just want to, we, we, we want to leave you with that. And, you know, moving forward, we're going to, we're, we're going to start to jump into what model that does it fit in. Then you say, all right, Amani, all right, right, good. It doesn't fit in what I'm doing. All right, I get it. 
then where does it fit in? So we want to start, we want to move forward in talking to not just now this new light, this new understanding of, okay, God has called me to be his own, called me to be his child, his son in him, right? To be a lowercase S son in the capital S son. Okay, now what? And so we're we're going to speak more to that that upgrade of paradigm shift because the the change in paradigm is the family. It is the family of God. So we we, we hope you guys got a lot out of this today. Um, and we, we hope that this, you know, begins to sink into your heart. Hey, if you have any questions or comments on, you know, this particular concept or any tangent that can come from this, jump into the Facebook group. We, we encourage you jump into the Facebook group. It's House to House podcast on Facebook. And let us know your thoughts. Let us know if you have any questions, um, comments, whether positive or negative. We'll we'll take it all and we'll, you know, you know, we'll hopefully answer questions. And as we've always said, we don't claim to be experts. If we have something that we think is beyond us, we will go to those who are more mature than we are. And hopefully, you know, we all can be edified in the end. So, amen. All is good. Yes. All of it is good. <laughs> yeah, it, it, It's all good. It's all good. So. We thank you guys for rocking with us one more week. Uh, this is Amadi for Ragu saying thank you. Yes. Uh, House to House is out. I left the institution real talk Living right the execution real walk I Stay cool, stay cool cause it's hot outside And get your body out line and chalk I left the institution real talk Living right the execution real walk I Stay cool, stay cool cause it's hot outside And get your body out line and chalk I Stay cool, stay cool cause it's hot outside I Stay cool, stay cool cause it's hot and stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside And get your body out line and chalk